They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you are listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, Harry Everett, President of Somerset County Cricket Club, Sir Peter Wanless, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Uh, so yesterday's escapades at the county ground, Somerset just couldn't quite get over the line. Uh, after winning the toss uh, on Thursday morning, Tom Abel invited... Uh, North Ants to have a bat and a drop catch from Tom Cole Cadmore in the was it the first over off Craigo a relatively simple one led to North Ants uh, getting to uh, what do they put on for the first wicket uh, 65 116 for two eventually bowled out for 255 a swashbuckling 130 from Tom Cole Cadmore that will live long in the memory of anybody who's at the Cooper Associates County Ground to watch it, or indeed on the live stream. Ably supported by 89 from James Rue. Saw Somerset to 412 all out. But they couldn't quite muster the... Uh, well, you can't really fault their effort, Gibbo, but uh, the pitch was just really not uh, not playing ball and uh, giving them anything to work with on uh, on that Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I don't understand what the pitch policy is with Somerset at, at the moment. I mean, they're producing no result pitches uh, when what we really need, it, you know, is, to, is uh, results. We need to beat a, a county like North Hans, who are, you know, one of the two weakest sides uh, in the first division. Uh, and all right, we lost 100 overs. Um, roughly to, to the weather during the match but that's not unexpected you know that is to be expected at this time of year they knew what the weather forecast was and they prepared a pitch which got better as the, as the game went on and offered nothing very much to uh, Jack Leach later on in the game but we did rather miss the boat again on the first morning yeah very much as up at Trent Bridge when you know we uh, Nottinghamshire went in on a green seamer and were 100 and odd for one at lunch and it was the same story with, with Northamptonshire here when we really should have picked up two or three wickets in that morning session when the pitch was at its juiciest um, so yeah, I, it's, all a, it's all a bit strange and, and I asked Andy Hurry about it yesterday and he didn't give anything very much <laughs> of an answer as to what is going on you know everybody else produces pitches to suit their bowlers we've got three international bowlers and yet they've got nothing to work with at all with the wickets that are being prepared at Taunton yeah I remember Bonkers. standing next to you yesterday afternoon I said don't bother asking him Gibbo this is exactly what he's going to say and he was it was more or less sort of word for word uh, the usual um, uh, sort of platitudes. I mean to be fair he's not, he can't really come out Harry and sort of start slagging people off, and he was right in what he said. No, nah. but I mean, would it would it have been better if he come out and go? Yeah, I'm going to be speaking to Scott Hawkins as soon as I finish speaking to you, and for the Nottinghamshire game in what was it? Let me have a look here. Yeah, Notts game starts on June, isn't it? In June, yeah. So with a kookaburra, with a kookaburra, yeah. So that's double bubble that you need to you know have. 
get something sorted, really. I I actually think he he almost looked yesterday. You know, we were there, the three of us there yesterday, listening and watching him. He almost looked like he was almost slightly more to our side than before. Other times, as soon as Gibbo's mentioned the pitch, he shut it down straight away. I almost feel like yesterday was almost like he wanted to agree with Gibbo and then realised actually he can't. That was my <laughs> slight impression. Um, but, I mean, I, I think Matt Henry would get more out of that pitch than Pete Sidder would, would, to be frank. It seems harsh to not slating an Australian test bowler over the years, but I think that will massively help to get a bit of pace and a bit of zip through on what have been docile pitches. But, yeah, it is a bit frustrating, but with two away games, it's going to be completely different conditions at Old Trafford and Lords, to be honest, the next two games. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Somerset, uh, two away games in a row now, up at Lancashire, Old Trafford, starting on Thursday the 11th, and off to Lords to take on Middlesex uh, on Thursday the 18th. Steve, have you got a, a trip to Old Trafford planned in the next all few being days? All being well. To, uh... Fingers crossed work-related, but all being well. Happy days. How much did, of it did you catch then on the on the streams and the and the radio and whatnot? What was your thoughts? Uh, very, very little to be honest. Works a bit bonkers at the moment, and then for various reasons, the weekend. So I, I listened to quite a lot of Anthony and could sense his frustration. Um, <laughs> I mean, my my comeback to to Harry on on the Matt Henry thing is, and this probably I'm taking the broad view because I didn't see the detail of the game. I think the pitches at Taunton have broken Craig Overton's spirit from a distance. Something so I think it's asking Craig a lot Overton's of spirit. Oh, he's I not bowled as well as he can. Lot. I think it's not just the pitch. Craig Oton's not bowled as well as we all know he can on this pitch. He's not bowled the line in length. He's not fully fit. We talked to Andy Harry about that yesterday. He's, you can tell he's not quite right. He's maybe okay. 85, okay, 90% but, fit. But, but a, Matt Henry's you know, a, a different pace. Craig Overton can get, can get something out of the, the pitch to me, out of a wicket. And I think... I'm just slightly worried that we see Matt Henry as a silver bullet, and I don't know if he is because I think there's there's quite a lot of this this com- combined not functioning at the moment. As much as I love Craig Overton, I think Matt Henry is a better bowler, um, younger, quicker, fitter, and will get more out of it. Craig O was a superb in that bobblers trophy with Josh Davey. That was probably his peak. Yeah, he got Steve Smith out in a couple of tests. Hopefully, we'll see that peak again. But I think at this very moment. I think Matt Henry will be more worrying for opposition batting lineups. We saw what he did at Kent. That was remarkable. And I've been watching the Pakistan series. I know it's a white ball, but on some flat Pakistan pitches, he's do some pretty decent deliveries to get some quality former Somerset players and then man will hack and Babra Zam out. Yeah, something just isn't quite clicking for Craig at the moment. He's, he's obviously bothered by this tendonitis, and I think it's his left knee. Um, I, I'd slightly disagree with you. I, I, yeah, I... I would say that, yeah, okay, he hasn't bowled as well as he can do, but he's not bowled badly by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, not badly, no. Um, But, yeah, he's had a few chances put down onto him, uh, put uh, down off him. Um, Peter, how much of the game game did you catch and what what were your thoughts on it from your lofty presidential (laughs) position? Were you... (laughs) I I saw quite a bit over the weekend uh, on the live stream. Um... I mean, I'm not a pitch uh, expert, and I think that uh, you know you, you can't just create a pitch to deliver a result magically. There are all sorts of risks with uh, preparing 
uh, pitches which we have seen ourselves be um, punished for uh, in the past. I, ex I expect that is a factor, but I do feel disappointed that our bowlers haven't bowled to their full potential. Craig doesn't look 100% himself. Obviously, we've had that Josh JV. We're a different side without him. Peter Siddle has bowled accurately, but without real sort of um, penetration. Um, unlike, you know, okay. some of the other bowlers around the country who are taking six, seven, eight wickets. Um, and so we've been, we've been a little bit uh, found out when you combine that with not uh, taking the early wickets in the first session, as Anthony said earlier, it, it's put us a bit on the, on the, on the back foot. So yeah, there are a few things to be, um, uh, to be dis disappointed uh, about. There were also some, you know, it was great to watch Tom Cole Cadmore's innings. I mean, that really was uh, compelling uh, and exciting. And there are other, you know, positives that uh, that I could draw on, but wouldn't want to sugarcoat it, really. I mean, it's disappointing that we're this far into the season and we haven't had a win yet. And there are no easy games in this division. I've I've seen quite a bit of cricket. I've seen seven out of the ten teams in the uh, in this division already um, this season, and there's no mugs. You know, the the uh, each game is going to be tough, so we've we've got to be playing to our uh, full potential and um, to rise up the table. And I, I believe we can do. Just not seen it yet, have we? Which yeah is a shame. Yeah, we I mean, can't fault the effort from the bowlers yesterday. Um, when I was doing a bit on the live stream, you could see Tom Abel. He was moving the fields, the field about, trying to come up with innovative plans to get these guys out. A few of them worked. Um, you know, the uh, little catch to uh, sort of a backward square leg. Um, who was that one? That would have been. Was, uh, that was that was that going Gregory. Yeah, yeah, that was Rob Keogh. Um and a, and a couple of others. I mean, Pete Siddle talking about him. He had he had a funny game, didn't he? He bowled okay, but. His two two of his wickets were sort of strangles down the leg side, and the other one was James Sales going for that scoop when they were nine down in their first innings. Mm. Didn't particularly bowl badly, but not what you expect from your overseas. Do you, at the minute, I thought he bowled too far leg side. He kept trying to hit leg stump with the York, and just so many balls down the leg side just frustrated me from Pete Siddle. Yeah, he didn't yeah. seem particularly. Um, eager to go for the stumps as well towards the end there were when he's particularly when he's bowled to Sanderson on that final evening they were they were seeming to they were sort of trying to bounce him out and all these funny little plans when you give yourself a chance and, and you know bowl at the sticks but he bowled a dreadful over at, at Sanderson with, with about yeah, three short balls in it you know he's not cooking after short balls Sanderson is he? isn't going to isn't going to go for the hook is he you know, you know we, need, yeah. we needed the full and straight it's no, I, I don't know. I mean, but you know, he picks up two, three wickets every innings, and, and you know, he's he's the most economical of them. But I, I, he just seems to have lost something. You know, that little bit of magic. I don't know. I mean, he, he you know, he's charging and he's giving it hundred percent, hitting the pitch quite hard, but just not producing the results. And it, oh, well, there's you know, nothing in the pitch there to work with. You, you've got your. 38, 39-year-old yeah, exactly. bowler flogging himself to death. It's Yeah, yeah, exactly. Leads to Andy exactly. Hurry smiling and agreeing with you in an interview, Gibbo, which is strange times <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I gave him a fairly easy easy ride, to be fair. Yeah, you were very nice to him. I didn't ask him the killer question, which I was thinking about. Was you know, I was which, right, which, I was which is you you've got a you've got a you've got a squad of all these talented young players who are not producing the goods. Whose fault is that? Where does the where does the buck stop? Uh, surely, it must stop with the uh, with the coaching, with the with the head coach and the director of cricket, because they you know they are not playing to their potential, and they didn't last season either. No, we had some tough questions at the AGM from the members, and I thought they I, I thought they did themselves proud actually in terms of uh, come tell, that, telling truth to talk. power. <laughs> I'll be coming on. Don't you worry. I've got that all. That's all. Uh, that's all uh, agenda eyes ready to talk about uh, about the AGM. Um, shall we talk about a tale of two Western Australians then? One that we'd all heard of. One that very few of us had heard of. And uh, one. Uh, he was a Western Australian you hadn't heard of. Sam Whiteman. Sam Whiteman. Oh, you should have heard of him. Harry, you know, you've got to remember that when you sit there going, oh, he scored 38 not out against the uh, combined President's eleven in uh, in 2018. <laughs> no, Sam Whiteman's quite a big Sheffield Shield name and big bash and around Australian crew last year. Jordan Buckingham, I'll let you off, but Sam Whiteman's been around yeah. a while. So did we pick the wrong one? <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a it's, you know, it's a it's a moot point. I mean, if we had signed Sam White, we'd probably sat going. Uh, all of us, apart from Harry, would be sat there going, "Who's that?" And then Harry would give us his, mm. his CV verbatim. and would have been saying, "Why didn't we sign Cameron Bancroft? He's yeah. available." Um, <laughs> Sam, Sam Whiteman had done a lot else for Northants before that. Yeah, game, he has uh, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and he never scored a hundred out of Australia uh, before that game, unlike um, Cameron Bancroft. So you know, if you were going to pick. One, uh, you probably would pick uh, Bancroft, but uh, yeah, yeah, didn't quite work, did it? Yeah. For a bloke who looks like he, uh, when he's uh, stood there ready to face the ball, he looks like he's about to uh, soil himself. The way he keeps his legs very tightly, <laughs> tightly together, uh, he, he played incredibly well. Uh, batted all day on that Sunday, one hundred and thirty not out was really the difference between the two teams, and you've got to hold your hands up and say fair play to the fella and and well played we were able to keep sort of chipping away at uh, at the other end but I mean with with him and Buckingham batting for that first hour before Jack Leach made the breakthrough with a couple of overs before lunch that was really when the game was was made safe yeah. wasn't it don't, don't you, think you need to time very... in the afternoon when you need to time in the afternoon don't you where you've got both ends open so to speak and that never happened and that you know you give him great credit for that and you know that's the sort of batting that we want to see especially in the first innings from the Somerset top order yeah he survived a very good LBW shout on um, the Sunday morning he must have nicked it because otherwise I thought thought I had an edge I thought he had nicked it there was definitely a double noise I'm not sure whether it was pad pad or bat pad but if there was a you double noise tell. yeah if there's a double noise that's going to cast doubt in the umpire's mind if he didn't hit it he was dead he was yeah he was absolutely stone stone dead 
So I'm the only thing is, the other point I was going to make about Northants is that they were they had to make five changes from the side that, mm. that played against Hampshire. They were without their captain Luke Proctor and and their you know best best batsman arguably best this season Gareth Berg, and we still and also be, Emilio Gay. And, and Emilio Gay, you know, yeah, exactly. Emilio and we Sam still Whiteman might not have gotten the top four if Emilio Gay yeah. was playing. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. that's worth Four left hands in the top four. I don't know if that made us struggle to bowl out there. Four left handers, but that's just an excuse, really. I don't know. Yeah, Trigo seemed to be tearing his hair out every time they were going around the wicket, but. Uh, to the left downers in the first ball. They did go around the wicket and over the wicket at Sunday afternoon. They kept changing it up. They kept trying things. I mean, you can't fault the effort of the guys. No. Um, a little bit of sloppiness. There was, you know, a couple of drop slip catches on that last day. James Drew missed a stump in. And, of course, that um, that drop catch from Tom Kohler-Kabner on the first morning, that was, you know, pretty crucial. I mean, Vasconcelos would have been on naught. He went on to get... He went on to get seventy. Mm. Might have just set the tone. That was a sitter as well. It. Yeah, they're never easy. He takes a screamer on the last day as well, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So um, do we know if Matt Rent, uh, Matt Renshaw, Matt Henry's in the country yet? I presume he must be. And more importantly, do we know if Cameron Bancroft has left the country? <laughs> I think the flights were today. So yeah, they crossed across in the airway somewhere, across Dubai or somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it was a controversial signing to begin with in in certain uh, in some quarters, but yeah, 137 runs from seven innings, best of 44, averaging 19 and a half. Not a good. You can't argue with no. But Sheffield Shields actually you can't argue with, and you've got to go no. off that. He did all right mm. for Durham. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's one of those. He'll join the Murley VJ and the Imamul Haq and Sajid Khan and the whole lot of the rest of them. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Yeah, Somerset's temporary overseas eleven who uh, left a lot to yeah. be desired. <laughs> but I mean, there are some healthy numbers in the averages. I mean, Abel's averaging forty-four and a half. Cola Cabell's now got his up to forty and a half. Uh, Rue's uh, quite healthy down at forty-five. Jack Leach is uh, <laughs> leading the averages uh, with uh, fifty-four and a half. Casey's isn't bad at forty-eight either. And, uh, uh, apart from that, there is there is one that. Uh, uh, there's only, actually, there's only one Somerset player who's averaging in single figures at the moment. Um, Sean Dixon? It's Sean Dixon, 7.86. Poor bloke. I feel really sorry for Sean Dixon. <laughs> he, he's had a couple of bad decisions, you know, just when he seemed to be getting going. And I, I, I haven't met him, but I'm told he's a very, very nice guy and, and fits in very well in, in the dressing room. But, he, you know... I'd rather he was a bastard that scored hundreds, Gibbo, to be honest. But anyway, he was. <laughs> he was unlu- yeah, but he was. To be fair, he was unlu- unlucky. He seemed to be. I, uh, by all accounts, he, he didn't hit his uh, caught behind. But it it wasn't a great shot. But he didn't hit. No. It. Sometimes you just need a bit. Of- and to be fair, the guy's not particularly had a lot of luck. It all every time we've. Um, He's been out there. So certainly the last few times, there have been interruptions and kind of immediate resumptions to to the opening overs of our innings. They've had to go out for five or six overs, then it's rained or bad light, and then they've had to go back out and start again. So, I mean, it's a difficult one. He's one of players who score, when, when he scores big, he can score yeah. really big. Um, and In the second what, division. In the second division, 
Scoot Smith only managed 13 in the second division. Um, well, right. <laughs> the Masters gone. So uh, I'm not Damn. sure there's a huge chasm between. That That was one of the questions Andy Harry got challenged on um, uh, by the members, for sure. I, I don't know. It's it, He's clearly out of form and, and uh, his confidence must be. I mean, no one wants to be averaging seven, do they? That's, um, that's about my level. I'd probably take seven at first class cricket, Pete. I'd, yeah. I'd but, um, yeah, I mean, he is. He's always been signed on his on his previous record in the sense that he's not a kid that we've just brought up from the academy and chucked in to open the bat. And he has got a uh, a body of body of work, if you like, in first class cricket, which was mm-hmm. good enough to get him signed for Somerset. So, looking at that, do you kind of put him in the bracket of well we we know you in the sense of what you can do you're an established player in English domestic first class cricket we are going to treat this like any other blip in form and have confidence in you and keep you at the top of the order or do you say to him have a couple of games in the seconds now get your feet moving not too much um, as he does like a bit of a shuffle but uh, you know get some confidence back get some runs under your belt and then come back in in a few weeks when you know Hopefully, pitches are a bit a bit better. The weather can't be as bad as it's been for the last few weeks, and come good then. It's a tricky one. I think the fact he's got four four innings of red ball cricket left, hasn't he? Potentially before the blast starts, and I think the fact that I think we can all write down the likely starting eleven for Thursday, knowing what the coach will pick as opposed to what we'd want to pick. Mm-hmm. And given that Bancroft has gone and there's going to be a disruption somewhere in the top order, I think he will get the next two games. Whether that's right or not, I think the time to change it would have been before the North Ants game, personally. But then you open up the conversation about that we've had on the pod pretty much every time I've been on this season. Is it time to ask Tom Lamanby to bat in the middle order and find somebody else to open? And Anthony will say he wants to see the skipper opening. Which I've got to well, say, I'm not going to disagree I think that, with. I think that ship has sailed. Probably, I can't see. I do. Problem. Yeah, I agree. But I think, I think Lewis Goldsworthy would be an, an option to uh, to open. It's, he's got, he's, you know, but he hasn't got, been opening in the two, so they're clearly not thinking that way. Yeah, no, but he's got a good defensive technique, and you know, and that's what you need to open the innings. I mean, it's been a Mead and Davis opening. I think all the. Second team game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember looking at yep. this. Yeah, I'm sure if we're wrong, Mike Unwood will be DMing me. No, that's right. No, that's right. right. Uh, ben Green is batting in the middle order. Skipper in the twos. Obviously been used as a as a makeshift opener over the last few seasons. So if we talk about ships sailing. I think Ben Green is uh, is they're not seeing him as as an opening uh, option now for the county championship. So it really boils down to if they're going to keep the consistency, either Dixon, Umid, or Davis. And Davis is the one in form. Yeah, but I can't I can't see them um, dropping Dixon. At... No. Well, they got Glamorgan on Tuesday at Taunton Vale, so I'll have to get down and have a watch. Yeah. The twos are so exciting to watch them. They've such talent in that line. 
Some team yeah. live is being just more it's exciting a, to watch the second team than the first team. It's a bit like watching some of the blast side, isn't it? It's, it's great fun. It's a bit like Bridgewater against Taunton St Andrews on Saturday. Bridgewater against yeah. Taunton St Andrews. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I don't think Smead would get in the Somerset second even if he wasn't retired from Red Bull. To be honest, at the moment. So is that, that's only uh, Red Bull for Somerset. Then he's not retired for Red Bull from uh, in the Weppel. Then I presume they use a Red Bull and Whites, and they're not. White right, it's yet. a Dukes. It's more of a brown ball. It's Dukes does all sorts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, nobody picked him up on it or gave him any uh, any little sledges about facing a Red Bull on Saturday. If they did, if you did, uh, please let us know. Yeah, I think you made a good point, Steve, about the side that we would pick and the side that that they would pick not suggesting there's any kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for kind of discontent with that but sometimes we as as members and supporters want a little things to happen a little bit faster than is uh, is um, of practically possible to do I just had a total uh, brain fade there what I was trying to say um what else should we talk about from Rue? Well, that partnership with Rue and TKC on the second day, that was really what put us in that commander position. We've talked on previous episodes about getting ourselves into dominant positions. Well, uh, those two managed to do that through uh, slightly different uh, different means. TKC was uh, smashing its wall parts. I think I saw he had about 10 minutes on Thursday afternoon where he's trying to play a shot of ball and then he just seemed to reel himself back in and was a, a little bit more selective and and Rue continues to impress just accumulating mm-hmm. um, two shots that are now really standing out to me for him a, uh, a lovely elegant cover drive and he's got a very good work off the hip um, there was another player but what, was he, what was he doing playing a reverse sweep five minutes before he said he wanted to move the game on well you look at the other ends doing that <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he played. He played. They they complement each other so well. Those two, you know, with sort of roundhead and cavalier. And uh, uh, I, I was, I, I really enjoyed um, TKC's innings, and I jo- really enjoyed interviewing him afterwards because he does. He plays the game with a smile on his face. You know, he'll, he'll, sometimes he'll come off, and sometimes he'll play a really stupid shot and get out early on. And I think we've just got to take that. And that that's his role in the side, and give him his head, and and let him go out and mm. and, and and play that way, and not complain when he gives it away, which he will do. I mean, that first shot, you remember the first yeah. ball that he fall over the slips, <laughs> <laughs> top post it over the top of the slips. I mean, you know, if if he'd been out to that, we'd all say, oh, what's he doing? Why have we signed him? And all the rest of it. But you know. That, that's what you get, and and I thought it was a real breath of fresh air to see someone playing like that in county cricket. You know, bugger um, leaving it. If you know, the great art of batsmanship is knowing when to leave it. You know, I, I, the great art of bats, batsmanship is smashing it all around the ground, like Vivian Richards used to. Steve, there's, there's two that. things very quickly. Two things very quickly. One is. I think the responsibility is on those batting around Cola Cadmore to give him the platform to do that. Yeah, that's what you'd like to see. You know, then you go. You mentioned Viv, and it was Rose Roebuck Denning around him that gave him the platform to do that back in the day. But the other thing is James Rue. He just continues to impress me in so many ways, and I think he's for someone so young. He's actually quite good at batting the situation. 
and that was to me that was an example on Saturday that he, you know, he there were times times where he picked the tempo up a little bit. Um, and okay, I know Anthony what you say, but equally, it's probably the way he plays. It's the way he's played all the time. And if he's going to keep scoring eighty odd, I'll let him get out to the odd reverse sweep just before T. To be he honest, played, if he, he added his eighty in some career, sweep. then I'm happy. He played two reverse sweeps, either in the same over or the previous over, and, and made no contact with either. You, you thought he'd learned his lesson by then. No, but his. I think. I think his logic would be. I've not made contact with the previous two. I'm going to nail this one. I think that's the way. That's the way you see the Bantons and the Smeeds and the white ball cricket thing. So I think that's where he's he's coming from. And you know, him him and Lewis Gregory for me continue to be at this point of the season my two standouts of the season. I'm really pleased with both of them. Yeah, yeah. I stat that TKC's 104 of his runs off the front foot. He just. That big old step down, he runs down the wicket quite a lot, but he just yeah. just booms everything straight, doesn't he? Doesn't doesn't mess about. I think I think that is a key partnership in the middle order. If the top order, even if they don't get big runs, if they can just see off enough of the new ball to allow TKC and Brew to to play a bit more freely, it helps. If TKC is coming in at forty for two, then it's slightly different. So it doesn't have to be a number of runs; it can be volume of balls faced and taking time out of the bowler's legs to allow the middle order to come in and work it. Yeah, two hundred and thirties made in this match. TKC's uh, took a hundred and two balls, and he was slowing down towards the end. Uh, Sam Whiteman's uh, was off two hundred and sixty-nine balls. <laughs> Good play, play the situation, though, didn't they? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. played the situation. Um, Jack Leach uh, looked to find some rhythm um, from what I saw of him. He was um, he seemed to bowl a lot better than he's uh, bowled in the previous three or four games this season. I uh, picked up three wickets in the second innings uh, to go with three wickets in the first inning, so six wickets in the match. Uh, he did, but a few weird field settings, I thought. The deep point he was bowling to to Whiteman, just giving him that one, I thought was a bit odd. Um, Whiteman wasn't particularly aggressive in there. was that shimmy down a wicket and deposit over Cow Corner for six into the car park. But other than that, he's, Whiteman's not a big sweep or reverse sweep. But I thought, thought they could have gone a little bit more attacking, even when the bloke's on 100 and didn't give him any chance until those little pokey late cuts towards the end of yesterday. I just wonder if it was for that for that cut. Maybe they thought that would be a way to get him. You say he did yeah. um, inside edge a few that um, just missed it. That was right at the end, though, stumped. when he was trying to get yeah. the wand to keep Sanson off strike. At the end, they kept giving him singles so that they could bowl at Tom Taylor, where when I think Sam Whiteman was pretty much shot. You know, He's knackered, yeah. He was knackered, exactly, and I thought that was a tactical mistake by, by Tom Abel. I think they should. Tom they Taylor should can bat. Yeah, he can. He yeah. can. And I, I, I think he last, he got scored against Sam us White. last year. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he got sixty odd last year. I think another dreaded coaching word is thundering into my head here, or phrase sticking to our plans. <laughs> you know, there was a plan for Whiteman, and that was the plan. And whether you know we think it's right or wrong, that was the plan. I'm, Casey Aldridge also continues to make good progress seems to be getting better sort of game by game um, he looks the obvious candidate to, to miss out at Old Trafford in a couple of uh, in a couple of days time uh, are we all ready for our teams for Old Trafford have we got our pens and papers done are we doing what we want or probable well why not do both 
<laughs> so I'll, I'll go with what I want, which is Lamanby Davis, Abel Bartlett, TKC, Rue, Gregory, Overton, Henry, Siddle, and Leach. So I think, yeah, I'm yep. leaving out Casey Aldridge, but I think if you look at the type of bowler that Matt Henry is, he's almost the finished article of what we think Casey Aldridge is going to be. So that's why he's kind of in there for me. Um, I'm yeah leaving out Sean Dixon. I don't think they will leave out Sean Dixon. I think Lamanby and Dixon will open again, and I think they'll go with um, they'll bring in Bartlett, move Abel up to three. Uh, I my the team I would like to see be exactly the same as yours, but with Goldsworthy in. What for? Uh, the team I think they'll for Bartlett. Bartlett got his maiden hundred at, at um, Old Trafford. He did. Yeah, I was there. And that was very the well. game that Marcus broke his foot on ninety right. yeah. odd and struggled to hundred and then got out. Yeah, I was there that day. Good part, um, yeah. I think they will go with the same openers, able up to Bartlett at four, etc. I don't disagree with anything else you said, Shep. Though. Yeah, I agree. I suppose yeah. the only like slight concern goals, is right, if yeah. Craig's tendonitis isn't. Tendonitis as it flares up again. Yeah, I like no, to see goals where they have a go. Maybe a second spinner option at Old Trafford. It spins a bit, but just I know he's not got massive runs in the twos. Most people have got runs in the twos. Let's be honest, but he hasn't taken the first had... last wicket yet, has he? No, but he. I just think that's something different because they're not bowling Tom Lamb because Tom Abel's not been near sideshow, not been fit enough to bowl. I think it's nice to have that extra bowling option. If Abel and Lamb fit, it would help a lot. Well, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I'd rather see no first class cricket players goals. Roloff was in the 13 for the game we've just had. Yeah, well, good to see Good to have kind of drinks with his feisty mentality. Some of us made a case for him to have been included as well. But no, I think. I think Bartlett deserves his deserves his chance. He hasn't done much much wrong, and he's a more attacking option than than um, Lewis Goldsworthy. But I am worried. So, about would you, Anthony? Uh, would you open with Goldsworthy then instead of um, Dixon? Well, I think it would, be worth, it would be worth a try, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, I agree with the rest of you that I think Dixon and Lamanby will will open. I think Abel will be three. And then it's either Bartlett or Goldsworthy at four and TKC at five and, and room and, and, and so on. And I think Aldridge will be the one to uh, to give way for for Matt Henry. Because, you know, I mean, Aldridge is he's a, he's developing into a genuine all-rounder. I thought he batted mm. very well in the, in, the, um, in the game against... North Hans, but he just lacks, I've said this before, he just lacks a little bit of bite with his bowling. I'd like to see him bowling a little bit faster. Just, you know, he's got a very nice, easy, relaxed approach and he gets it there and gets it over. But there's nothing like a fast bowler, a genuinely fast bowler for taking wickets on a flat pitch. And you know that's what I'd like to see him striving to be—a really quick bowler. He's got—he's you know, got the physique for it. He's got the action for it. And he's too nice, uh, is he? You want him to be more nasty, faster? I yeah. do. I really—I really want him to be nastier. Yeah, yeah. And I want him to really... not have to go off to Surrey to be able to find it as well. Well, quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look how Gilchrist off to Kent. Yeah. I heard you say on the commentary, Anthony, that. Um, 
Somerset hadn't won at Old Trafford since 1962. Did, did anyone check right. if that was right? No, it's not right. Uh, that was that was a uh, a Somerset member who told me that. But in fact, I've checked. 2001 was the last time we won away against Lancashire. <laughs> that was at Old Trafford. So Can it's I, still quite a long time. Can I just put out a warning to uh, or an advisory to all of our, our listeners? Under no circumstances should you feed Anthony Gibson fake stats and get him to read them out on the radio. <laughs> that would not be a productive affair. And whoever does the best one will definitely not win a prize at the end of the season. Okay. <laughs> And yeah, I suppose fast. if you and that goes for Harry as well. If we can get Harry with a fake stat as well, <laughs> oh, I'm more gullible than Anthony. I think that's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, so right, the yeah. true statistic is that uh, it is not true that uh, Somerset have never won at Old Trafford in my lifetime, but it is true that they've never won at Old Trafford in my son's lifetime. That's so it's still a sort of generational thing. Spot on. Spot on. Mm. What about Josh Davy going back to lineups? None of you mentioned Josh Davy. You got seventy odd in the twos. If batting counts for anything, well, a bit. Got a few regular second he, innings. Why wasn't? Why was he? Why wasn't he playing? Was he just not? Did they prefer fully fit. Mm. Did he play yeah, the, I think he was fit enough to play in the twos, but not. He played not the quite full game in the twos, the twos, but not for four days in the. In the yeah. Fit enough to bowl on a more bowler-friendly pitch, maybe than a flat pitch. You could yeah. say. <laughs> I think. The, from looking at it from outside, it looks like they wanted to give him the full game in the twos to kind of assess where he was rather than just bowl yeah. the day or two in the twos. They think, oh, you're all right, mm. and then come in and play a four-day championship match. So effectively played, he's sort of playing six days out of seven rather than just four days, have a break, assess, and then uh, look again for the squad this week. So I I, I assume he's come through, uh, come through that. Okay, I didn't see him at Taunton. Um, the days that I was there, but you can't read anything into that. No. Uh, he's not quite the bowler he was, though, is he? In in the no. play in twenty twenty. No, we're going to keep going back to that Bob Willis year, aren't we? Really, the, the glory days of Overton and Dave and cleaning up. Yeah, three years oh, ago. Right. Uh, anything yeah. else on the Northants game then? Um, oh, someone's ringing me. Don't know who that is. So I'll have to ring you back. Um, fantastic AGM last week, uh, Peter. Um, it's available online if you want to watch it. It's on your on your members link. Uh, I would avoid listening to a question that I timed at three minutes and thirty six seconds uh, to Andy Hurry and Tom Abel. It was a good question. Though, it was a it? good question, but the question was. Uh, this is to Andy and Tom Abel. With a couple of exceptions over the last 10 years, Somerset haven't generally started the county championship season very well and have uh, not peaked until sort of four or five games in. Why do you think this is? That was the question, and he dragged well, it out yeah, to three well, and a half minutes. Yeah, I thought, no, it was even better. It was a better question than, than, than that because it was, uh, if you discount the two Bob Willis uh, years on the grounds that that wasn't really first division cricket. The two years before that, we did start the season really well, but we haven't since, and we didn't for many years before that. So, what was it about those two seasons that we are failing to replicate? I thought that was a really good question. So, you and, suggested and, that Andy Hurry's now at home in his kitchen trying to stir up a fresh <laughs> variant of COVID. To well, he, 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 it, it required a. It, it, it clearly he, he, he thought about it on a number of levels, uh, I think. 
I thought it was an interesting, anyway, it was a good question, but yes, it did leave a little to be desired in the terms of um, the length of time it took to yeah, ask the question. But, you know, the guy had done a lot of research and it was his, it was his big moment. So well, it was almost as long as my speech. Well, my favourite thing about the question is if you look over Tom Abel's left-hand shoulder uh, through the windows of the county room and you kind of skip from the uh, start to the end of the question, it gets noticeably darker outside. <laughs> <He's asking laughs> question. So, uh, I wasn't sure whether they, they would uh, have to, you know, the umpires were asking for the floodlights to put, be put on, whether we'd have bad light stop play because this uh, incredibly long question. But uh, yeah, uh, so apart, I did. I kind of skipped through the AGM, but uh, yeah, your uh, your hearts and minds project kind of came to uh, fruition, and you've got all the the data about that, there, uh, Peter. So, uh, do you want to give us a, if you want familiar with that? Do you want to give us a quick? Uh, uh, background to what what that was yeah I'll, I'll have a go i mean when i um was invited to be and then voted to be the president it's a funny old role because you don't actually have any formal responsibilities but you get to sit in on all these extraordinary discussions about the uh, the club whether that is the kind of organization and management the development the ground the strategy the way in which we influence what the ecb is and isn't trying to do um to the game um and, and for what what can i bring to that that's distinctive and perhaps just slightly semi-detached from the machine of the club and i thought that um the the real kind of member and supporter perspective has not really been uh properly reflected in the debate and discussion about the future uh, of the game so why not make a virtue of trying to understand um quite carefully what it is that people who really care about the club think so with a bit of help from um, ben and dan at the club we launched this uh, hearts heart and soul survey and we got over 700 responses from members and and supporters and we asked a sort of series of questions about what is it that makes somerset county cricket club special what is the essence the culture of our club the idea being that based on my kind of uh, leadership and management experience in a number of contexts down the ages uh, it's really really important to respect your um your history and what it is that gets you to a particular position in a moment in time as you face change out into the future so you know change is going to happen um, you know that if you simply try and replicate what's happened in the past into the future that's likely to be a disaster um, but really good strategy is grounded in and appreciates the strengths of an organization so that was what i tried to do in this survey and as i say we've got over 700 people to reply to it the demographics are, are quite interesting they're both the strength and the weakness of the survey so well over 50 percent of the members and supporters who completed this survey have supported the club for more than 30 years um, they are mostly male they overwhelmingly um, white um, but these are people who um, the national game has almost made a virtue of ignoring and saying well the future isn't about you so we don't care what you think whereas i would argue um, it's vitally important that you understand what these people know and understand and appreciate because they're going to be a part of developing as i say where we are at the moment so um to cut a long story short um uh, we generated some big sort of word clouds around 
um, the essence of Somerset County Cricket Club, the values that are at the heart of um, Somerset County Cricket Club. And the things that were coming through were um, friendly, local, community, welcoming, uh, in terms of um, the, the the culture and integrity, loyalty, honesty, fairness, tradition, in terms of the of the values, and then we ask people, what are the top three things that um, for you define the club or are most important about the club? And the three which came through in this order were not not surprising, but can can be lost in the debate discussion. Number one competitive cricket on the pitch number two a uh, memorable high quality match day experience and number three grounded in the west country so a number of factors about you know the pathway and celebrating our own players and being a sort of center of excellence um, for, for the west country so um, my kind of uh, ambition and purpose as i see it over the two years i've got left as, as the president now is to act as a bit of a kind of conscience for those things and in all the decisions that are being taken big and small in and around somerset to keep bringing the powers that be back to the importance of saying is this or is this not helping us achieve competitive uh, cricket on the ground leading to a good match day experience which we'll remember for years to come and build this kind of center of excellence uh in in, in the west country and the, and the two challenges or questions for me that come out of this survey are um number one around uh how do we use warm friendly engaging uh words to attract the next generation um, of supporters so it's all very well saying we like one another but how can we create that magna of excitement and interest um, well beyond um, those of us who've supported the club for 30 plus years and number two there's quite a lot of kind of negativity about um, money for its own sake and I think we see that over and over again where the club pushes things out which sound like they're simply there to make money and uh, they aren't always um, but there's a real kind of suspicion uh, again generated I think by the way in which the national game has gone about some of the decisions it's taken in recent times to put money over the essence of what the club is about and what the club is about fundamentally is cricket and great experiences uh, at the ground when you come and support the club so that was that in a sense is what I was conveying back to the membership uh, and, and the supports, which I think they, which I think they recognised, and so now that hopefully will inform the position which the club takes um, in taking our own strategy forward and also in influencing what the ECB are trying to do around us. Do you know if any other mm. counties have, have taken a similar sort of um, approach to this? I mean, it would be no, 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 no. They definitely haven't uh, at, at all. It's uh, it's a pioneering piece of um, I mean, we, interest we, we in what the support us think. With what we think other counties think. should be. Sorry, money, money, money. Uh, money. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is <laughs> completely <laughs> ridiculous and, and totally unfair to Sorry, it's who are one of the, one of the best county clubs in the country now and have, yeah, have been for, for, for several years. And they are, they are doing what we ought to be doing, which is point three 
uh, of the priorities that came through from that survey, which is to keep that West Country core, to you know, not to try and buy in success from outside, but to, to develop our own players who come from the West Country and Somerset stands for West Country cricket. And, and I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I entirely endorse, if they, I didn't fill in the survey form, but I would have agreed with everything that Peter's just, just said. What I want to know is how does that fit with what the executive's vision is for the future of Somerset County Cricket Club? Because yeah. I am not at all sure what the executive's vision actually is. Yeah, so the so the club is producing its vision and strategy at the moment and has a big conversation going on in and around uh, the club. And this survey is a fundamental part of uh, informing that strategy. So I think you're absolutely right, Anthony. What matters at the end of the day is the club's articulation of mm. what it stands for and what it's seeking to do. And my, so our survey is a really important contributor to that. So I was delighted that they asked me to present it at the AGM because the more times I tell this story and the more I reflect what this 700 plus people are saying, the more likely it is that mm. these themes are highly visible in what it is we express and, and and i've no reason in big picture terms to doubt um uh that in some ways it's the it's the associating the smaller steps and the day-to-day -day decisions and communication of them with this bigger picture that may take a little bit more time well my my son george asked me today came over he said what what what's what's the vision for Somerset County Cricket Club. You know, what what are the you know what are they trying to achieve in the future? And I honestly couldn't answer that question. And I think it needs it needs to be answered, and it needs to be an answer that embraces all aspects. You know, from the executive, the players, and the uh, supporters and, and members. And I think, you know, the the work that you've done, Peter, is a is an absolutely wonderful foundation, you know, basis platform on which to build that vision that, that we could all sign up to. But at, at the moment, it's very, very cloudy. It's it's coming. I mean, we have a really uh, strong uh, board at Somerset now, chaired by Michael Barber. There's some highly yeah. talented and committed people on there. And I, and I don't doubt for a minute that something of the sort you're describing uh, is coming soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's not there at the moment. No. Good, excellent, good work. Excellent stuff, but yeah. Um, I mean, there wasn't really much else that went on at the AGM in terms of votes. I mean, the uh, ratification of uh, Richard Bryce, Christine Brewer, and Jeff Fian as the member directors that was uh, that was rubber stamped. Um, it's not like your club AGM where you get to vote for the captain and vote for the secretary and vote for the president and all that sort of stuff. That's all done. Uh, securely online uh, beforehand um do we miss anything else i don't think there was much else to no uh, i mean the 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 uh the treasurer gives a report on the state of the finances of, of the county and there'd be there'd be no surprises to uh to any of you in that uh really we're we're in a reasonably healthy but 
challenged position. We're not like a sort of Surrey or some of the big test grounds that can generate huge profits as a consequence of um, the signature fixtures which which they get and the other things which they can run from their grounds, nor are we one of the counties which has just a tiny number of members and relies pretty much completely on the handouts it gets from the from the ECB. But, you know, one of the challenges for us is how do we diversify our income and generate enough income to be able to buy um, uh, and develop the best players uh, available to us so that we can be competitive on the pitch. That was the that was the other main item, I suppose. On that note, did you see Lionel at the, at the King's Coronation concert last night? Warming up for his gig at the Cooper Associates Camp yeah. down on the... I thought he looked good. The <laughs> little Prince Will gag as well. He's not going to go all night long. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. <laughs> Very good. Well, I think he will go all night long at the catch. He's 73 years old, Lionel Richie. So, uh, good still looking good for it. So, yeah, if you want to see... Uh, I think there's uh, still a few tickets available for the Lionel Richie gig at uh, Taunton on the 11th of June. So... Uh, if you want to pop along to that, uh, just pop on the Somerset uh, Cricket website. All this stuff will be on there. Or is it on the Cooper Associates? CA, is it on cacgsomerset.co.uk yeah. or Somerset County? Probably link to it I'm sure it's like, link, link to it on the... I'm sure yeah. it'll be on both. If you're if you're IT savvy enough to find this podcast, I'm sure you're IT savvy enough to stick yeah. Lionel Richie Taunton into, uh, uh, into that there. Google... Um, how are we doing for time? 52 minutes. I'm going to be selective. Did any of you have any uh, any favourite questions that we can just pick out of the list this week? Because predictably when Somerset don't win, we seem to get a, a, a barrage of them through. Um, uh, I'll just want uh, more of a comment, really. Um, it only been, uh, you kept not being able to make up overs on the last day. Why is that? Yeah, why should, that was a good point. Why yeah. should it change? I thought that was a good point, yeah. I don't know. Oh, the farcical running back. Did you, see, did you see Colin Ackerman's over yesterday? Absolute joke. Last game of the Leicestershire game. Literally sprinting to bowl. They had one over at the openers. He just blocked it out. And he's literally sprinting to try and stop the minus points. And that's been frustrating me, the whole overrate thing this year, that everyone's so panicking to not get minus, not to lose their bonus points, that they're not worrying about the cricket so much. They're just chucking on an offspin with a new ball just to try and not get minus. I think that's yeah. become a bit of a farce. Well, that that happened in the um, in the Somerset innings towards the end of that, well, yeah. with with North yeah. Paul Hanks running from one end to the other, and bowling their spinners and and not taking the new ball, you know, so in order to keep their spinners on, it's well, diluting the quality of cricket by trying to make is. people yeah. have to do this is just ridiculous. Yeah, but back. But then, you know, there's no reason. Sixteen overs an hour is not that demanding, for Christ's sake. You know, for no, years and years and years, they used to bowl 20 overs an hour with no problem at all. Fast bowlers and, and spinners combined. It's you know, And Somerset generally are amongst the least least bad. I mean, they're, you know, we, we bowl our overs pretty expeditiously. That's the word, expeditiously. Word of the week. Unlike not Nottinghamshire, for example. Yeah, who we've got a lot of quicks, I suppose. Yeah, but even with even with quick bowlers, you can still change. You know, change mm. over. Pete Siddle worries me slightly that he he looked so knackered. Bless him yesterday. He's yeah, trudging he... back to his mark. Do I really have to bowl again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, the good news, but same at the end of last season as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Go yeah. back to Andy Cleese's point though. Why why is it that you can't make up any time on the last day? 
I is don't there know. a reason for it? Is it? The only thing that I could think of, and I think someone mentioned it, was that back in the day, um, some players would need to be somewhere else to start another game the next day. But it, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to me because yeah, the fixtures anymore. aren't really organised like that anymore, are they? No. So maybe it's a relic of old times and. No, I think it's a relatively recent regulation. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, relatively, in the last 20 years. I, I mean, on that last day, you're always going to have one side that is ahead of the game and another side that is behind the eight ball. So one side is going to be trying to speed things up. The other one is going to try to be slow it down. But so what? That's up for the umpires to manage. What, yeah. What, what possible reason could there be for not starting half an hour earlier and just going on until it's dark to make up the O's that you've lost. Quite. Yeah. And if you have to catch a train, well, you'd have you'd have just. Not... Would... Talking about umpires, just just a word of credit to Neil Mallander and David Mills yeah. for getting the game on 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 um, Friday as quickly as as they as they did because you know the that bit of outfield in front of the Colin Atkinson Pavilion could easily have provided an excuse either you know delaying until tea time or not playing playing at all and they showed you know great great deal of common sense and great and credit to the ground staff as well for all the work that they did to get the ground fit when i looked <laughs> i think i was with with harry up in, in the press box looking down and when they took that cover off we all thought oh my god we're not we're not going to see any cricket today at all but no, in in the end, we got what was it, forty six overs worth, and good cricket it was too. So, you know. and Tom and Tom acknowledged that. I thought it was really nice. I was still there at quarter to eight last night, faffing around really. Um, and Tom came all the way out from having a beer with the players in the pavilion. He came all the way out to the ground staff personally. He said thank you very much, Scott, and your team yeah. for all your work this week, which is a nice touch. Yeah, well deserved. Definitely right. Sorry, we've uh, run out of time for any more uh, listeners' questions this week. There were a, a barrage of them. They're all well. off, but, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a habit going forward to uh, uh, be a little bit more selective on these. Um, any other business, gents? I saw oh, uh, Somerset women, uh, they got washed out again in their another attempt to play their regional T20 group game. So they're not having the, the pest of luck with the weather. Mind you, none of us are at the moment. Uh, no, but Sunday um, at the Cuba Associates County Ground, I'll be there. I'm commentating. It's going to be a live stream. There's a disability game in the morning, and then the ladies are on in the afternoon. So do come on down. Have a look on the website. There'll be a bit of a preview. I think it's free tickets as well. So come and watch. A, have you got a pre-register, or is Register. that just so they know how many's on the ground? I think it's just get the numbers in, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't see them being ridiculously strict about that, but you probably should do. Good stuff, yeah. Is it semi-finals at Vale in the morning? I should say, and then the finals at the County Ground in the afternoon. Happy days. Uh, any other? Any other business? Shakes of the head all around. Uh, Peter, I gather you've got a few weeks off work now, so you're kind of be you're kind of going to be touring the country in your camper van, going to watch various. Uh, Games of cricket. So you're going to be I've with got, us for a few uh, a few more episodes over the next uh, next few weeks. I've got just just in case my boss is listening. I'm, I'm working this week and I'm working next week. I thought you were the boss. But we all have a boss. The chair, the chair of trustees. In fact, I've actually got my end of year review tomorrow. So oh, wish me luck. I may oh, not even have a job. But on the assumption <laughs> I have a job, yeah, I'm off. Uh, I'm off from. Um, 
uh, uh, three weeks of the blast. So I tend to be I tend to be your roving kind of blast correspondent. Yeah, definitely. Well, I originally put in. I, I kind of look for where well, yeah, you like to go to Lords. You'd obviously like to go to the Canterbury T20s and that. Yeah. I mean, look at you know. Look on the plus side. If you do get the boot tomorrow, you can just catch a train to be uh, be up at Old Trafford. That's true. <laughs> That's just true. work from then work from Old Trafford, work from Lords. Yeah. yeah. Uh the wonders of the modern age. Well Gibbo does that anyway, he so never seems to get in trouble with his boss. <laughs> I don't have a boss. <laughs> until, until he announces false stats are made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's one that always sticks in my mind. It was a uh, Robert Croft, this is a, a real mind sticker where Robert Croft made uh made his debut in nineteen ninety six for England against Pakistan and there was on this is on TMS and um Somebody had sent in this. Uh, would, have, would have probably would have been a letter in those days or a fax, and then uh, he was saying, "Oh, Robert Croft is like the Welsh under 16s shot put record holder." Blah, and it's, Agus has read through the whole of this, uh, the whole of this, uh, or maybe they gave it to blowers. I can't remember exactly. And the end of it goes, "I'd always remember." He goes, and he also kept homing budgies. So if we get Gibbo with a better one than that, if we get Gibbo with a better one than that, uh, that is definitely yeah. going to be worth a pint of that. You try it, like you try it. Oh, don't worry, Gibbo. We will, we will. I'll be making up these burner Twitter accounts like you won't. Like nobody's business. Ah, good, good stuff. Right, glad we're all smiling after yesterday. Onward and upward for Tom Abel and the boys to take uh, take yeah. on. Like I, I almost forgot to mention Ooh. we are off the bottom of the league that draw was enough to take us up two points yeah. to the heady heights of eighth uh, North Ants on 32 Kent on 31 Somerset sitting proudly on 34 uh, only three points behind Lancashire and Nottinghamshire so it is a 32 that draw that draw us yeah. it's a 32 pointer already at the bottom of uh, LV County Championship Division 1 gents pleasure as always Go well. I'm sure we'll be in touch through the week on various social media talking about this game. Uh, safe trip up, Gibbo. Steve, you uh, you were all four days or just the weekend? I uh, don't know yet. Work related, but as much as possible. You're going to have a word with your boss, Steve. I'll see yeah, you there, Steve. I need to. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Good all right, stuff, fellas. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. And we'll catch up with you next Cheers. week. Bye. 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 Bye.